Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 123 of Process to Profitability. In this episode, I'm talking with Brittany Dixon about creating a client onboarding framework. Brittany is going to walk us step-by-step through her road to scalability framework and how we can apply it to creating, automating, and maintaining the onboarding part of our business. We talk about why onboarding is essential, the processes you need to create, and choosing the right tools to help you automate without losing the personal touch with your clients. Brittany Dixon of Brittany & Co. is a podcaster, business strategist, and productivity coach. She helps digital marketing professionals work smarter, not harder, to book more clients and impact more businesses. She specializes in helping her clients organize the day-to-day of the business. Business owners didn't start a business to run a business, but operations are essential to growth. She helps to document and refine their business processes and infrastructure to allow the business to run more efficiently and grow. Efficiency equals scalability. A mother of twin girls, Kenna and Layla, Brittany started her entrepreneurial journey in October 2015 when she started her professional organizing business, Clutter Control. She then ventured into the online business world in 2017, and Brittany & Co. was born. Prior to starting her businesses, Brittany spent 12 years in customer service, event planning, and hospitality. You can learn more at processforprofit.co slash about. She also talks about her story and how she came to be running her business today in the beginning of this episode. If you enjoy it, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people to find the show. Hi, Brittany. Thanks for joining me. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So I read your bio at the beginning of the show, but I would love it if you could tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Um, So my name is Brittany Dixon. I am the CEO of Process for Profit by Brittany & Co. Uh, The short version of my story is that I went from organizing events to organizing houses to organizing businesses. Uh, The little bit longer version of that is that um, I was essentially... I dived into the wedding planning field. I was in hospitality and food service for a while. And I thought wedding planning would be a perfect kind of next step to get into planning and logistics and back end. Uh, I did that for about a year and I absolutely hated weddings. <laughs> I love the logistics, but weddings just were not my jam. So then I worked for a corporate restaurant kind of doing something similar. It was uh, more on the marketing and uh, event planning side. And it was a Monday through Friday event planning job, which was like unheard of. So I was like, yes, please. <laughs> um, and then I started my home organizing business as a side hustle And it became a full-time thing when I got let go unexpectedly from the corporate restaurant. Um, Essentially, I was an out-of-the-box thinker. They were old-school corporate, didn't love things changing. So (laughs) worked great in my favor now. But um, yeah, so then I started organizing houses and I'm a twin mom. So I would go to my twin mom friends houses and I'm like, Oh, let me organize. Hey, pay me to organize. And I did that for a while, but then I was like, I have no freaking idea what I'm doing running a business. So (laughs) I'm going to hire a business coach. Um, and when I hired the business coach, I found this whole online space that apparently I lived under a rock before that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, then I dived in and started doing productivity coaching because she was really like, Hey, you could teach people these concepts and not necessarily have to be at their house. And I was like, Oh, that's genius. I want to reach more people. Right. Um, and then that kind of transitioned and trickled into more of the backend operations and systems and processes. Um, and it's still tied in productivity and stuff as well, but so yeah, that's kind of where Brittany and Co. and Process for Profit came into play. And um, I'm six years in business in October, but it's been a crazy roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I think that story is going to sound familiar to a lot of people. We, yeah. so many of us, started out doing one thing and have ended up in a totally different place. And oh, so much pivoting and rebranding! <laughs> like, oh, it's insane. <laughs> it's good to know that you know we are not the only people that have to do that. So yeah. I feel like so many people, when when we see them online and they're successful and have a million followers, that is just like the part of the story we're seeing. And there was so oh, much yeah. more before that. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, and I'm actually from a small town outside of Columbus in Ohio. Um, I've got the twins. I have twin girls that are eight. So run a full-time business and twins and all the things. So lots of balancing. <laughs> Okay. So today we're talking about creating a client onboarding framework. Um, and I know we're going to walk through kind of your system for creating these, but let's start by talking about why having an onboarding process is important in the first place. Yeah, for sure. So your client onboarding experience, there's two pieces to it, right? There's the stuff on the back end that they never see that you have to do to kind of prep for this new client. And then there's the front end stuff that they do see that you want to make sure is really great as far as the experience goes for them, uh, because they're hiring you to do something, some kind of service for them. So you want to make sure that they are like raving clients and they're like, oh my gosh, I bought this thing and I went through this really smooth process and she made it so easy and it was awesome investing. Um, so really it is, it's to create that client experience and that wow factor, but then it's to also make it easier for you on the back end selfishly. <laughs> um, because there are a lot of moving parts when you bring on a new client. So really just making sure that everyone's taken care of and obviously the, the faster that process is, the more clients you can bring on, which means more money and we're all in business to impact more people and make revenue. So <laughs> Yeah. And I think having worked with clients who are doing kind of an onboarding process, it's not even just service-based businesses, people who have run courses, anything where you're bringing people into a platform, you've got to have all this yeah. stuff in place or it's a total mess for them and for you. And even product-based businesses, right? Like I've had experience, I've had really good experiences and really bad experiences for products. <laughs> so even having, it's just really that experience from the time they buy the thing until they get the thing. It doesn't have to be service-based. It doesn't have to be product-based, but um, the more wow factor you can add into that, the more people are going to talk about it. I know one specific case scenario, I did those bite Invisalign type of retainers um, and they're onboarding and like whole process was, I mean, and I'm a process person, so I'm over here like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> but, um, their whole process was so easy. And it was like, this is the next step. And this is what you do now. And here's this. And they would send reminders and like that. It just made it so much better that I talked about them constantly, which is exactly what this is all about. Right. Mm -hmm. you have that wow factor that people are like, Oh my gosh, you have to hire her because she does all of these things, walks you through it and just makes it so easy. Yeah. And I'm sure this is 
extra important for people who are booked out. So you're maybe being hired at one point, but it might be a couple of months before you actually start working with somebody. Yeah, for sure. Cause you want to keep that warm and you want to send like check-ins and make sure you send them love and like, Hey, I know it's not time for our project yet, but so there definitely has to be like that, um, warm up time period. And you really have to kind of have that mapped out because if you have them pay you and then you don't start for two months and then it's like this whole disconnect that could be difficult on the relationship and then referring you and all of that good stuff. Yeah. So let's start by doing kind of an overview of the processes we need to be thinking about as we are creating this whole framework. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I kind of break it into, I think it's like seven steps <laughs> or seven <laughs> pieces, really. Um, I mean, you have the leads coming in, right? So you have to have some sort of way to capture them and house them and then follow up with them. Um, so everyone's not going to be ready when you talk to them to purchase, which is totally fine, but you need to have a way to kind of keep track of them and warm them up and all the things we were just talking about from the onboarding experience. Then you really have to have a sales process. So once you've gotten on a call with them and they've said, yes, I want to move forward. What does that look like? And how do you start moving them into like contracts and proposals and payment, which I call legal onboarding. It's like all the junk that no one wants to talk about, mm -hmm. <laughs> but is super necessary. Um, so they move from lead process to sales process to legal onboarding, which is the contract proposals, invoicing payment, all of that jazz. And then it's kind of the project onboarding. So what kinds of questions and information and things do you need for on your end to be able to do things for them? What do you need to give them to start the project? So really setting like a great foundation for that. And then it's the actual client work, whether that's a one day thing, a one week thing, a retainer thing, whatever that client project looks like or that work. Um, and then there's offboarding. So essentially the project's over, the work is done and you want to make sure you're kind of setting the tone and collecting testimonials and all that good stuff. So those are kind of the core areas I would say you, you should start thinking about creating processes within. Awesome. So I know we're focusing mostly on the, like the onboarding section of this, but do you have any quick tips for like the sales process that then leads into this? Yeah, for sure. Um, so especially solopreneurs, you have to keep it super simple when it comes to like keeping track of people. I actually used a, a CRM called pipe drive and I love it, but I think it works better for teams. Um, so I actually moved and switched over to streak CRM, which is built into your email. Um, if you're Gmail based, and they probably have different offer or different options if you're like outlook based or whatever. But, um, basically it allows me, if someone e emails me, I can add them straight to the pipeline and set follow-ups directly from my email. So we already all live in email. <laughs> so why not put the sales process there? So I would say definitely find some way that it's easy for you to see follow-ups and check in with people. Uh, because if you have to log into lots of different platforms or go to seven different places, you're not going to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> picking some sort of tool and that could even be a spreadsheet, right? Like it's different for everybody, but picking something that, you know, is easy that works with your kind of work style. Yeah. I think that is a really good tip. And it's, I started with a spreadsheet on mine where I would yeah. put their information and then be like, okay, I sent the first email. I sent this follow-up email. And now I have to send this email just keeping yep. track so that I didn't <laughs> forget and email them back two months later and be like, Oh, by the way, you wanted to buy something right. from me. 
And that's the biggest thing I see with solopreneurs and people that are just getting started in this space. And I've done this too, is that you'll have conversations in the DMS and in Facebook, and then something will distract you inevitably. Right. And you forget to go back and then you get all the things on top and then you're scrolling through and you're like, Oh my gosh, this person wanted to get on a call with me (laughs) and I never sent them the link. Um, so that's why I think it's so important to have some sort of tool to like set dates and follow Mm -hmm. up and make sure you're checking in. And even with that tool, stuff gets hectic and things could slip through the cracks, but you really have to just put those follow-ups in front of your face to be able to do it. Yeah. Okay. So getting into the onboarding part, what is the first step that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, for sure. Um, so typically it's that contract proposal invoice piece really, um, because they've said yes. Now they went through the sales process. They went through your call and it's sending that contract proposal and invoice so that they can be like legal, legit. Everything is good. Everybody's covered on both sides and really streamlining that. Now from an onboarding standpoint, you really need to have a different process for each offer because there's going to be differing pieces within that. So if you're a person that may have 37 offers, (laughs) you might want to streamline and think about having less. Now there's going to be a lot of overlap, I think, in your onboarding process for all the offers. But let's say you are designing a website. That's one of your offers, right? Or you're doing processes. Like the information you're collecting is going to be completely different going to look different. So just keeping that in mind, but it's definitely that contract proposal and payment piece that I think is that first, first step in the onboarding before you dive into anything. Okay. So once we've gotten all of that information and we know we've been paid and we're legally protected, and I think most of us have kind of an idea of how we need the process to go, but if we really want to get this into a framework and get this into something that's going to work for us long-term, How do we figure out what it is that's working, what's not? How do we set all of that up? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, honestly, it's a lot of trial and error, uh, which is probably not the answer anyone wants to hear, (laughs) right? (laughs) And I've switched systems and processes a lot of times just because you figure out what works and what doesn't work. So I really think if it's something that it's a sticking point every time, you're like, oh, this checklist isn't working. Oh, this proposal, I feel like I have to change constantly. I have to customize so much of this. Those Anything that's like stopping you and it's not like a fast process, you should probably write down so that you can kind of reevaluate. Obviously, there's tools for all of this too. Lots of different systems and actual software to use that makes it easier. But yeah, I would say anything that if you're going through a checklist and you keep getting hung up, that's probably where you should stop and say, okay, like, why is this not working? Is there a better way? Can I automate this? Like whatever that might look like. All right. So you mentioned there's lots of tools. Do you have any that you recommend and how do we go about choosing one that would work for us? So I always ask people what their like big picture business goals are while picking tools. Now, while I just said you can pivot, right. And like grow into different tools. I think it's important that if you know, you're going to grow to something really big, we might want to look at something that can handle that. So you don't have to constantly keep switching. So I definitely take like goals and strategy and big picture into play when I'm looking at tools for clients and for students and whoever's working with me. 
Um, there's lots of options <laughs> as we all know, right? We've all Googled them and gone down that rabbit hole. Uh, I am not a Dubsado fan like everyone else is. <laughs> I love the concept. It just never worked with my brain, but that is definitely an option. And obviously they continue to add things into that scheduling and emailing and all of that kind of stuff that makes it easier. It depends on the other tools you're using too, because if you're already using, robust tools for like task management and things like that, then maybe you don't need a full like onboarding system. Maybe you just need something like PandaDoc, which is actually one of my favorite. It does um, proposals, contracts, and payments, but that's it. It doesn't do like all the other stuff. So there's a lot of, lot of things that go into it, a lot of factors. Um, I think for most service-based people, service-based businesses, I love Plutio. It's kind of the equivalent of Dubsado, but I feel like it's a lot easier for setup. I hear a lot of people in Dubsado, like the workflows are like super complex to get set up in there. Um, so yeah, it, it's a hard question to answer because it's going to be different. <laughs> it's going to be different for every person really. Um, but yeah, Plutio is a really good one for service-based businesses for sure. Okay. Well, that'll give people things to check out. And I think some of this is we have to figure out what's not working. I, when I started, I was literally creating every invoice and contract in a Google doc and sending it over and then having to do it over and over. So, yeah, I mean, anything you can templatize, like don't re don't reinvent the wheel every time. Like if, you, <laughs> if you've done it once, most likely you can turn it into a template and just make like small changes. Same thing goes for like emails. If you've sent an email for onboarding, just create a template from it. <laughs> we all make it way harder than we should. Um, yeah, templatize anything possible for sure. Do you know what your dream clients see when they come to your website? The only way to figure out how your dream clients are using your website and what makes them leave is to ask them. I've created a special UX test guide that you can get at lemonandthesea.com slash UX test. Inside, you'll learn how to structure a user experience test to get the best results, 18 questions to help you really see your website through their eyes, and my favorite way to find dream clients to help you. You need to look at every stage of your client's journey from landing on your website to completing the final goal through their eyes so that you know what to change right now to start converting more visitors into clients. Get the guide at lemonandthesea.com slash UX test. So let's talk about we kind of know what that onboarding process is. We've chosen a tool. How do we get from kind of the bare bones into a system that actually works? Yeah. Um, so once you've kind of chosen that tool, it really is, you, you have to brainstorm it out. You just have to sit down and map it out. You've probably done it with clients. It may have been kind of like puzzle piece discombobulated, but you've, you've onboarded clients, right? So really just thinking back and saying like, okay, they've paid me, they've signed a contract, they've done all these things. What were those next steps? Some of those things would be like creating your Google drive folder to house all of their stuff in. Um, if you use a time tracking software, creating a project within that, I create like an iPad notebook. If anybody else does like paper notebooks, you might want to create a notebook for your client. Uh, the onboarding email, they obviously need some kind of like, here are the next steps onboarding questionnaire. So you really need to like, just think about all the things that you need to start working with that client. 
And even when you do that, you're going to find new stuff and you're like, Oh, I should do this now. Oh, I should add this. So that's the hard part with processes is that they're never done. <laughs> like ever people are like, Oh, when I get this ready. And I'm like, well, yeah, but then there's going to be improvements. So there's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but really thinking about just all that nitty gritty stuff. So then if they have two calls, having those calls, but also scheduling the calls and after the calls, right? So like all the moving parts to this and really just brainstorming it and thinking about it in these like onboarding client project and offboarding buckets, because I think I think in buckets and honestly, if I tried to think about it all at the same time, I would lose my mind. <laughs> so um, kind of trying to break it up into that and just think through all of that and brainstorm it first before you put it into the tech. Because if you put it in the tech first, you're probably going to run into issues. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And I think at least from my experience and we talked about, you know, there's the back end stuff and then there's the stuff that client sees. So we have to brainstorm the whole thing out, but they're not necessarily going to see create contract, create Google right. Drive folder. <laughs> they're not, but they are equally as important because those are things that then you are just like checking off instead of like, oh wait, did I send the contract to that person? Cause you're probably onboarding more than one client at the same time, hopefully, right? <laughs> you're like, did I send it to them or did I not? Like So for your sanity, you have to have that. But yeah, they're only really going to see a few of those things from an onboarding questionnaire and email and that kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's good to remember that it's not as overwhelming for them or getting into the project might be, at least for website design, it's overwhelming for people. But Oh, that's definitely an overwhelming one. Yeah. But how can you always have to just think, how can I make their life easier and my life easier at the same time? Like, how can I just create one form that they fill out and do things with that then I have one form to review and do things with? Yeah. (laughs) So we just want to make it easier for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes the process that they're going through with you is difficult. So the onboarding should be simple to get them to that place. Yeah. Try not to overwhelm them. Um, I think that if you set the expectation and tell them like, Hey, I have this really robust questionnaire you have to fill out for us to work together. I think if you set the expectation, that's fine, but don't just send them like a 77 question questionnaire without prefacing that, or they're going to be like, Oh my gosh, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about automation. I know that's some of what these tools do, but what do we automate? How do we keep it still personal in all of this? Yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, I don't have a ton that's automated on the, the client onboarding side. So I do have an automation when they sign a contract proposal and invoice that it automatically creates my Google drive folder. So that's a super simple one. And some people may be like, Oh, I don't need it to do that. It's fast, but any one thing you can get off your plate is great. Right. Um, so that's definitely one that I have set up there. I also have that signed contract get dropped into said Google folder so that I don't have to do that. Um, and I also have an Asana project created automatically based on a template. So again, I had to have the template ready and as robust as possible. And then it duplicates that for each new client. Um, other than that, everything is really just templatized. So I've got a template for an onboarding questionnaire, template for an off- onboarding email, template for an offboarding email. Um, so it's faster, but most of that's not automated just because it could potentially be different for every client. Basically automation, if it's not exactly the same for every single person, 
don't automate it. Just templatize it because you're going to run it. I see too many people try to automate broken processes or automate processes where people go through kind of a different phase of it. And it just, it doesn't work well. <laughs> so they have to go through the exact same steps every single time. And if they don't, don't automate it. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I have a client who she has people getting into a course. So we have just now automated, like sign up, get an email, get added to the course. Yeah. But that's the exact same for everybody. Whereas yes. if they hire her for her service, you know, it might send an email that says, Hey, your contract has been signed. Here's your first invoice, but the rest of it has to come. The rest her. of it's manual. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point. I mean, my hustle to, so I, what I was just talking about was my one-on-one -on -one clients, my hustle to flow group coaching program that is very much automated. <laughs> There's an automated welcome email. It's got a video with their login. Like all of that stuff is completely the same for every single person. Um, and then they can obviously ask questions within the portal, but yeah, any kind of course group coaching, if you're giving them access to a portal, that's typically going to be a, a good place to automate. It's typically the one-on-one -on -one stuff that mm -hmm. is going to be different per person, or at least just need to be customized per person so that they kind of have an idea of what the project looks like. So, yeah. And I think that kind of thinking about it as a template and not an automation makes it feel less like we're taking ourselves out of the process. We're not just sending a robotic email because yep. we actually have to go in there and update it and make it personal for our client. Yeah. And there's a way to do that. That still takes less time. <laughs> Create an email <laughs> template that has all the same things on it. And then you can pop their name in, pop a little anecdote, or it was great talking to you about blah, blah, blah. And it's still personal, but yet you're not having to type out all the steps every single time for sure. Where do you keep, do you keep all of your templates like in that streak CRM in Google in Gmail or do you? Yeah. Keep them? So I, I use the email templates within Gmail. They're not super user-friendly. It's kind of, I, for being Google, we're just going to throw this out there that their email is crappy. I wouldn't even to fix the interface, but yeah. So I just use the templates within Gmail and then it connects in with streaks since it's already there. Okay. Yeah. I tried using those templates and I could not figure out how to work it. So mine are all in Word documents and I copy and paste. Yeah, they're not super user-friendly. I will throw that out there. <laughs> it's kind of a pain, but. All right. So let's talk about documenting our process. Why is that important and how do we do it? Yeah, for sure. So, um, and we've kind of dived through my road to scalability method without actually diving through <laughs> it. So the, the R is recognition. So that's kind of the brainstorming, what you do, what's working, what's not working. And like just dumping that onto a piece of paper, <laughs> um, optimizing is really saying like, okay, here are the onboarding things. Here are the client pieces that are for the project. Here's the offboarding and really like organizing it, setting up into the system, all of that good stuff. Then you dive into automation, which we just talked about, and you shouldn't automate until things are cleaned up. And then once it's once you're at the automation stage, it's a process that's pretty much working. Again, there's always room for improvement, but once you've hit the automation stage, you're kind of there. And now you just need to write down all the steps because if you're at a point that you can outsource this, this is definitely something that can be outsourced if you have the step-by-step -step of how to do it. And if you still want to be in that, you can definitely still be in that, right? Like you can outsource just pieces of it and you do the other pieces. It's really up to you what that looks like. But once it's completely documented and written down somewhere, it's so much easier to get to that point. 
Okay. So we went through, like you said, the road to scalability. So it's recognize, optimize, automate, and then document. Yep. So let's talk about kind of when we have a process in place and maybe this is comes in before the automation. And sometimes I think it's after like, how do we fix things that aren't working when we find that we need to make changes and see an issue that might be going on? Always go back to the template first. (laughs) Most of the time you're working in a a specific client and you're like, oh, this part of the process is broken and you want to fix it there, which is great. Do that. But always go straight to the template and fix it there so that moving forward, the next client doesn't run into the same issue. Mm. Um, I typically even will go back to the template first. I'm like, oh, let me go fix that in the template really fast. And then I'll come back to the specific client and do it there because I don't want that to get forgotten in the template. Um, so if the emails off, email template's off, go back and fix the template, not the one that you're sending. Uh, the actual project template, the contract template, always go back to the template. (laughs) All right. So do you see any mistakes that people make frequently that maybe we can avoid when we're thinking about creating this process, getting it all set up and then reviewing it? Um, I think a lot of people try to think of all of their offers at the same time and combine it into like one massive, insane client onboarding process, which is really difficult. So I definitely think breaking it up and looking at just one offer. Like just think about one offer, what that looks like from start to finish. I think a lot of people also, just because I think they're so overwhelmed with this, they don't add in any of the like wow factor or like extra like delight things because they're so tied up in all the stuff that they're just spinning their wheels. Right. So I think then looking at once that process is working for you, where can you like bump it up a little bit. Can you add a welcome gift? Can you add a few extra emails that give them content? Um, Can you give them access into a course because it doesn't take any extra time from you? So really then kind of filling those gaps and saying like, oh, how can I make this even better? (laughs) Um, I, I would say those are probably... The two areas. And I think a lot of people want to do that, right? I think a lot of people, they're like, oh, I want to send a welcome gift and do all these things. But they get so tied up in that back end and thinking about all of that, that they just, they don't even get to that point. Yeah, that makes sense. And so for the wow factor, because we hadn't talked about that much, you mentioned client gifts. I think that's a big one people know about, but I love the idea of adding them to a course if you have one. Um, what else have you seen people do with that? Um, yeah, so I actually, I give people access into my group coaching program. Cause again, it's not anything extra for me. So I just pop them in and then they get the automated emails. Um, definitely welcome gifts. I, I also like to do just, um, I actually use a video platform that does video email and I'll just send like a quick little, Hey, just wanted to like pop in and give you some tips on whatever content, like specific pieces of content that are relevant to what they're doing, which again, can't be automated right? Cause it's different per person. And some of the gift stuff can be automated too. There's, there's some cool tools that can do that now, but those, I would say those are probably the top ones. It's like content upgrades, course access, and then welcome gifts for sure. Awesome. I've never thought about sending like my content, but it makes sense because a lot of times we're writing content to help our clients, right? <laughs> it makes sense to then send it to our clients. Yeah. We're attracting them with it, but they might not have seen it because we all have content all over the place. Right. (laughs) 
So, and again, that helps with thinking about just the one offer, right? If, if you're thinking about just one offer, you can say this piece of content, this piece of content, and this piece of content are all relevant to that offer. So I'll put those in my onboarding email. Those will be the links that I send them. Um, but when you're trying to think about 17 offers, it can get hard to think about content and it's really overwhelming. <laughs> all right. So before we wrap up, I'd love to know if we missed anything, if you want to talk more about anything. No, I mean, I think we really covered it. And I know this is probably a lot and this is an overwhelming thing, but again, just figuring out and brainstorming what it even should look like, then do the tools. I I think too many people try and jump into the fancy tools with automations and workflows and they get really overwhelmed. Literally get a whiteboard and map it out with arrows. (laughs) Then, Then you can start putting it into a tool once you know what the process even should be. So really just trying to simplify it. And then, then when you're ready, we can add automation. Don't add automation until you're like completely there. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's great advice. And I mean, like I said, my things, we used to be in a spreadsheet and then I did, I sat down, I think I had post-it notes and I like moved them all around. But that was partly because I didn't know that tools existed that could do all that. And post-it notes is great, right? Like map out all the different steps and then like put them on a board and be like, oh, nope, this one's first, this one's second. Like that's a great way to visualize and see how the steps should go in order for sure. All right. So as we wrap up, I love to ask people if they could recommend one thing to a friend, what would it be? Honestly, and this is my motto in life and business, less is almost always more. (laughs) Trying to minimize and simplify stuff because when you have simplified processes and simplified everything, it just amplifies everything because now you can serve your clients better because you're not stuck in the back end. You can create more content because you're not on 37 different platforms to do things. <laughs> um, so I'm also a minimalist at home too. So I'm like less stuff in my house would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, less is more all in one softwares are really good. Obviously those have to kind of match your goals and what you're doing, but the least amount of places you have to go to do things, it's going to make things so much better for you. Yeah. And it makes it better for our clients when we're looking at this exact thing, because if they just have one place to go and they can figure it all out, that's so much easier for them. Yeah. I mean, if you give them 37 places to log into things, they're never going to do it. So simplify it for both of us. Like we both need it to be easier. We all have (laughs) too much information overload and stuff happening. Like it just needs to be easy. All right. So where can people find you and connect online? I know that you um, have mentioned a couple of things that how can we get involved in all that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my website is processforprofit.co. So you can find all the things there. Um, I hang out on Instagram the most. So it's brittanyandco.consulting, uh, lots of business and kids and dogs and cakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we actually have a trial into our hustle to flow group coaching program as well. It's a $7 for seven day. If anyone's interested, um, it's actually just hustle to flow.co forward slash join. So we talk all things, processes, onboarding, and productivity. Perfect. I will link to that in the show notes so that people can check it out. I know this has been super helpful to kind of think about it in creating a framework based on your framework. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all the fra- frameworks just make it so much like less decisions. We have to make less decisions if we just follow the framework, less back and forth. If you've just got a checklist, it's great. All right. 
thank you so much for coming yes. on the show. Thank I'm excited for, for people me. to listen. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.